Some people excited over here. Well, that's a good thing. Hey, let me ask this question. Are you willing to dream again? I, I thought this was the 11 o'clock service where you're actually awake. Are you willing to dream again? Because I tell you the truth, if you will dream again, the dream that God has for you, you see those last phrase, you will change the world. That is the truth. I, I'm, I'm so excited that we are in 2019. We are in the midst of our 21 days of prayer, and we are on day 14. How many of you are uh, getting that update on the Church of Hope? The rest of you need to like the Church of Hope so that you get the feed that says today is all about encouragement. I'm so glad that we are praying and encouraging one another as we come through. And as I, I look, at, look at the body of Christ, as I look at the individual believers, I am excited about 2019 because I know that God has something more for you. You were created for more. Okay, this side's gotten it early. Usually it's this side that gets it early, but... but you are created for more. Now, in order for you to see all that God has for you to be, to see, you first must hear what he would say to your heart. We are in a series of messages entitled The Voice on learning how to follow and to hear what the Father would say to your heart so that he can wrap your mind around what he wants you to do because of who he has created you to be. He has created you for more, to be more. Not just to do more, but to be more, to be more like him. To be more than you are today because he has a greater challenge for you tomorrow. You know, I believe this room is filled with people who have at one time in their life at least one time in their life, they have felt that they are on top of the world. Has anyone here ever felt that they are on the mountain on top of the world? It, it, may, have been, it may have been a sporting event where your team, if you weren't playing, where at least your team, I know there are some fans in the house. I, I know that, okay, I know there's some Patriot fans. I know there are some Chief fans. I know there are some Ram fans, but I know this house is filled with saints. Well, you didn't think I was bringing it around to that, did you? And, and it may have been when one of your teams, it was like, yes! They won the championship, and they're into the Super Bowl, and two weeks later you're going, oh, next year. You know, you can, we don't live on top of the world. You may have one of those, those on top of the world experiences like the day my honey said, I do, and you're on top of the world. Or for you, it may have been, it may have been the first itty-bitty cry of your son or your daughter's voice, and you are just on top of the world. It may have been a job promotion. It may have been finally finishing school, and you're on top of the world. But we don't live on top of the world. We don't even live on the mountaintop. 
we have highs and lows. And sometimes it's not very long between those intervals. Let, let me tell you that when you are in the midst of an on-the-mountain experience, you have to lock in with Jesus because He has made you to live not just on the mountain, but to live with Him. You see, there are people... Let me, let me give you an example of a guy who lived... Who, who was on the mountain so many times, so many times. He was on top of the world. His name was Elijah, and, and he had such a connection with God that, that he prayed, and his prayers were so powerful, he stopped the rain for three and a half years. Some of you just like to stop it long enough to finish your round of golf. But you don't even have that much power. He prayed, and it stopped the heavens for three and a half years. And, and, of course, that induces a famine because stuff doesn't grow if it doesn't rain. But supernaturally, through the entire famine, birds, ravens came, and they fed him. And then, then supernaturally, he was fed for the rest of those three and a half years until it came time to have a confrontation. And he went to the mountaintop once again. And, and he called down fire from heaven. So he had that connection with God. Again, he had the power that he was feeling on top of the world. He, he not only called down fire, but legitimately he wiped out the enemy. The 450 prophets of Baal, gone. Woo-wee. Then he prayed again. And the rain started again. Wow. That's the kind of guy that you may not have had that many experiences, but that would be an on-top-of-the-world experience, right? Then he gets this threatening message. Queen Jezebel is going to get you. She's chasing after you. And all of a sudden, instead of being on top of the world, he felt like the world was on top of him. You see, the question is, what... Are you hearing? You're listening to a voice, but are you listening to the voice? What do you hear? Are you hearing the words that Elijah did right here and right now? I- I'm a victim. I- I'm a victim. It's, oh, poor me. I-, I know I was on the mountaintop. I know that God answered by fire. I, I know that I spoke and the rain started again. I, I know all that, but, oh, it. The, being the victim, when you hear the words, I am a victim, that is the can't do position. The one that says, you know what, I, I just can't do it. The world is on top of me. And, and here's what happens. You feel alone. You feel isolated. You feel separated. Not just from God, but you feel separated from Everybody else. You feel that you're alone in isolation. And Elijah, who had been with God, God with him, now felt alone. And this is, this is what he heard when he wrote in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 10. So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. Oh, and you may have been there too. That mountaintop experience may have been when you were very zealous for the people of God. So, th- for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, 
and killed your prophets with a sword and poor me. I'm, 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 I'm all alone. It's just little old me. And now they're coming to, to seek my life. When you hear that you are a victim, you are listening to the wrong voice. You put yourself in the can't-do position. But when you hear the voice, the voice of the Father, and you listen to Him when He tells you and you hear those words, I am a victor, not a victim. When you believe, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ that's the can-do position. I can do all things through Christ. Not on my own, but through Christ who strengthens me. I love the way that it's written in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, a very special chapter. If you have not read chapter 8 of Romans, you should read it again. I, I love it. it. gets to verse 15 that talks about we're all adopted into one family. He gives us the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. That's like saying, Papa, God. God wants to be so close with us that you're never alone, that you are the victor. And then we get down through the, to the end of the chapter where, where he talks about all of the things that the world says will separate you from the love of God. And he says in verse 37 of Romans chapter 8, in all these things, nakedness, peril, the sword, famine, there is nothing. We are more then conquers. We are the victor. He is saying to you, the voice of the Father is saying, you are a victor. When you stand with me, when you go with me, I am with you. And you know, you plus God equals a majority. You are on the winning side. Elijah. Elijah got separated from that truth because of who he was listening to. You know, Pastor Scott has had the, the radio out here the last couple of weeks, and, and he has the dials, and you can, he reminds you, you have to choose who you are tuning into. It is your choice. Elijah lost his fight. We are in a battle. We're in a fight for the, our souls and the souls of mankind, those that are around you, your children, your children's children, your brothers and sisters, those that you work with. You are in a battle. You are in a fight. And Elijah had given up the fight. He lost his passion. He lost his vision. He lost his mission because he was tuned in to the wrong channel. He tuned in to the one who cannot tell the truth. And when you find yourself feeling that you are a victim, you might just be listening to the wrong channel. There are many voices, and the prince of the power of the air, who is also known as the father of lies, is dominating the airwaves of our world. And he speaks to you to rip you off. John chapter 10 and verse 10 talks about it when it says, The thief has come to rob, to steal, and to destroy. 
He wants to rip you off, to tear you down. That's why he cannot speak the truth. He can only tell lies. When he speaks a lie, John 8.44 says, that's because he cannot tell the truth. He can only tell twisted truths to deceive, to rob, to kill. He speaks from his own resources. Yes, he has no truth in him. For he, he is a liar. And he is the father of lies. If you've tuned into that channel, just realize, oh, that is all junk. That's not even the truth. I am not a victim. I am not alone. God is with me. God is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Certainly not the father of lives. No, 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 no. I'm tuned in, and I'm choosing to tune in to the founder of my faith. The founder of my faith. You see, faith, faith, faith builds you up. Think about that. You have to exercise your faith. Now, I'm hoping that 2019 will see less of me. More of Jesus, less of me. Well, more of Jesus for sure. But I would still like a little less of me. So that means that if I want to have more exercise to build me up, because physical exercise profits a little, but it is a little. So I need to do some of that. But I need to exercise my faith because faith will build me up. That's why we don't look to or listen to the spirit of this age. That's why we don't look to or tune in to the father of lies. No, no, no. We tune in to the founder of faith. We look unto Jesus. Jesus is the author in Hebrews 12 and 2. He is the, we're looking unto Jesus. If we want to see what he has for us, we must hear what he speaks to us. And we look unto Jesus, who is the author. If he has scripted your life, if he has scripted the days of your life, or my wife says it this way, the scrolls of your destiny. If he has written them, he is obviously the founder of your faith. Faith, it builds up. The enemy tears down, he builds us up. When we tune into him, he says, you are a victor. Let me build you up. Let me restore the fight. Let me renew your passion. Let me renew your vision. Let me renew your mission. My wife, on the way to church, she said, I was listening to you last night, and I got a different picture when I was talking about the founder. Because I'm talking about it as the foundation, but she talked about it as the founder, the one who works in a foundry, the one who refines. You know, in, in a metal foundry, that is where the refining goes on. That's where the strength of steel is forged. And he is strengthening your character, but he's also the finisher of your faith. In that foundry, when he burns off the dross, when he refines the gold, and she was talking about the pure gold that he wants to enhance our lives as he wants to build into you gold and precious metals. 
His joy. He wants to renew it, to restore it, to enhance your life with everything that he has for you. He wants to build you up in the most holy faith because he says, you are not alone. You are worth it. You have to listen to the word because the word, and you can write this down, the word is faith fuel. It will fuel your days so that you can do all that he calls you to do because you become all he has destined you to be. So it's who are you listening to? Then, you, then there I talked about so many voices, so many voices that are competing for your attention. You know, I, I changed phones recently, and I, I moved to the dark side. I got an iPhone. But, you know, there are some, some benefits. Like it told me I actually looked at my phone on average, I think, 93 times. And, and so there are things that are competing for your attention all the time. There are voices that are competing for you. Before I got into church last night, I had at least six people with issues or crises that they needed me to resolve. And it's, it's really not bad to, to seek your pastor, but let me just tell you, you need to get alone with God. You need to get alone with God. To hear his voice, you need to get alone with the one who says you are not alone. It's, so the question then becomes, where, where do I go to listen to his voice? Where do I go to connect with the voice? Because you have choices. Where do you go to listen? Oh, you can go to the place of the pity party. Jesus went to the mountain. My friend Frank down here says, you know what, I love going to the mountains. We don't have mountains in Florida. We have overpasses. That's the closest we get to a hill. But you know, in other parts of the country, there are mountains. And Jesus used to go to the mountains. But sometimes when we feel that we are alone, when we are in the victim mentality, when we're hearing that we're a victim, what do we do? We go to the place of the pity party. It may be a place that's easy to get to. It may be a place that we've been to so many times that it's just a comfortable place. <sighs> Woe is me, little like Eeyore. Oh, bother. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under a broom tree. Under a broom tree? Yeah. This is the place where he just wanted to go sit down and cry or lay down and die because that's what he prayed. This is the guy who prayed down the rain. This is the guy who prayed for the rain to stop. And now he says, oh, Lord, might I die? It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. This is the place that is all about you. All about you. You get to that place, oh, woe is me. I'm not enough. Okay, that's the truth. You are not enough, but God is the God of more than enough. When your focus is on yourself, when all you do is resonate and go, oh, what about me? All about me. I can't do it. Okay, you can't. So what do you do? You have to give it to Jesus. 
you have to recognize that fight is not going to be restored if you simply look within yourself. That, that, that doesn't work. You can't renew your vision, your mission, and your passion when you look inside yourself because there's not enough there. But God is the God of more than enough, and he calls you to come away with him, not into the place of the pity party, but to the place where God reveals himself. You notice he just went a day's journey. When he went to the place of the pity party, the place of comfort or ease, just a day, just enough to get away. That's, that was just, you know, the just enough. He, he was doing just enough. But there, there, when he prayed that, the Lord sent an angel. And the angel, the angel fed him. And, and so he arose, and he ate, and he drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Oh, you read that and you think, oh, okay, well, I, okay, it was God's mountain. God created it. That must be the mountain of God. No, 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 no. I want you to understand this. He then went to the place where God revealed himself. So in your life, where's the place that God has revealed himself? Where is that place? You see, when I talk about the place where God revealed himself, Mount Horeb, you know, in the Old Testament, there was that whole Egyptian, 400 years, bondage. You remember Pharaoh, king-like dude, then Mo, Moses. Moses killed an Egyptian, ran off to the backside of a desert with his, his father. He was working with his father-in-law. He was out in the wilderness, and he went to, the, he went to a place, and all of a sudden, there was a burning bush on Mount Horeb, the place where God revealed himself. How about when, when he was leading those same Israelites out of bondage and into the wilderness, and they came to a place where they were without water, and he struck the rock, and God himself made the river to flow sweet and free, Mount Horeb. What about the fact that Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai are closely linked that would be the place where God gave the commandments on how we're to live, the Ten Commandments. In the place, maybe this was the same cave that he eventually put Elijah in when God passed by and Moses saw God. Where is the place where you can get alone with God and God reveals himself if he calls you and he does. He wants you to come back with him. And he calls you, and you call to him and say, take me back to the beginning, the place where you revealed yourself, because even if you feel like you're on another go-round, it's going around with him, because he is the God who says you are more than enough. My grace is sufficient. That's what he speaks. That's what he says. He says, you are not a victim. You are a victor. He pours his strength into these weak, imperfect human vessels. And he says, take, come back with me to the place of your first love. The place where we first connected. The place where you first heard my verse ringing in your heart and in your ears and setting you free. 
Because God will make you more than enough when you get alone with Him. So you get alone with Him in that place. And then the question is, how does the voice, the voice of victory, for He is our victory, how does the voice of the Father, how does the voice of your brother, Jesus, speak to you? How does he? We, we so often in our culture and in our society, we think bigger is better. We say it like this, go big or. That's the way we are in our society. But God doesn't just use the ordinary means that we think we need. God is not into show business. God doesn't need razzle-dazzle. God needs your heart. So when he's, he got alone with Elijah on the mountain, and he was looking, Elijah was looking for God. He was listening for God. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind, like a hurricane, it tore into the mountains and it broke the granite rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, after the rock breaking, there came the earth quaking, shaking your world up. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Oh, we think that God always shows up in fire. But this time, God was not in the fire. I want you to understand that when God speaks to you, it is not always as we expect. It is not always with power and great glory. Because after the fire, he spoke in that still, small voice. The still, small voice. So clean, so pure to connect heaven with a prophet who had a broken heart, who felt that he was all alone, who felt that he was defeated, who felt that he had no worth, who had no vision, no mission. Some here in this room might feel the same way. But he spoke. He spoke and he commissioned him once again. He renewed the passion of his heart when he said, listen, you're not alone. There are 7,000 just like you who have not bowed their knees. 
Oh, and he got excited. I'm not alone, not, not just alone with God, but I'm not alone because I have brothers and sisters. And friends, you have brothers and sisters to connect with right here at Hope. Connect groups are real important for that. I encourage you next week, come and engage in a connect group. But it's not just the passion that was renewed. You see, his vision was corrected. He was a man feeling the victim, feeling the defeat, until all of a sudden God blew apart the rocks, shook up the place, sent the fire, and he said, oh, God, you still have it all together. My vision is for more because God has more for you. And then he spoke to him and commissioned him, just as God is speaking to some of you right now and commissioning you. I don't know what it is, but God does, and you, some of you right here, right now, are hearing the voice of the Father who is whispering to your heart. To Elijah, he said, go and anoint a king in Syria. Go and anoint a king in Israel. Then he said something really special. He said to Elijah, go and anoint Elisha. Go and connect with the one who needs to be joined to you so he can carry on when you are gone. Friends, there are hundreds in this room who need to go and connect with others to bring them close to your side so they can learn with you and from you. Hearing your voice in today's society saying God wants to bring you his victory. But you have to get alone. And you have to listen to the still, small voice. Let me help you understand, just with a little story. There was a man, long before refrigeration. Before refrigeration, we used to have an icebox. Some of you go, well, that's the refrigerator. No, 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 this is before refrigerators when you wanted to have something cool and to keep it, you had ice that you would put, a, literally a block of ice into your ice box. And it, before you could get the block of ice to your house, they had great warehouses of ice. And people would work in there cutting and hewing the blocks and then getting them ready for distribution. They had these blocks of ice that they would insulate with hay. There was a man who worked in that warehouse and he had a very precious gift that he had received it looked a little like this pocket watch this is my grandfather's and his father's before him this is he was born in the 1800s this watch was made before him and he had a precious pocket watch so he could check to see when the intervals for breaks or lunch were. And, and as it came, got ready for lunch, he opened, and he couldn't find, he couldn't find his watch, his precious watch. 
So they all gathered around and they began to look for the watch and they couldn't find the watch and they spent more than half the lunchtime looking for a watch. And then they just, they were just so hungry they, they kind of gave up and they all went to lunch. Well, almost all. One fellow stayed behind when they came back after lunch. He held out the watch. The owner ran over and greeted him and said, oh, thank you, thank you. What? We couldn't find it. We had lights. We had everything. We couldn't find it. What did you do? He said, when everyone left, I shut the door. I laid down, putting my head to the floor and listened until I could get close enough till what I heard was in my hand. Friends, that's how we listen to the still, small voice. For even today, His Word declares He stands at the door and knocks. He wants to come into all of our hearts. For some of you, He's speaking today about your commitments. For some of you that have been felt flat and discouraged, He speaks to you and says, You are not alone. Get alone with Him and He'll prove it. You were made for more, and He has more for you. I encourage you today to receive everything He has for you in Jesus' name. Let's stand for prayer. This morning, I trust if you are here and you have never accepted Jesus, or it's been a long time and you've walked away and you want Him to take you back with your heads bowed. Do you hear His voice knocking at the door of your heart? I'm going to pray a prayer and invite everyone in the room to pray this prayer to receive the invitation that Jesus has for you today. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who stands at the door of my heart and knocks. I invite you in today, Jesus. Wipe away all my sins. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I am a child of the King. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our prayer ministers are here. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. Because that's what we are. We are a family, one with another. And I I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer and mean it from your heart, come and share with one of the prayer ministers so that they can pray with you and for you. We have a, a book that we'd like to give to you as you start the journey with Jesus. And this morning, as we prepare to to finish our time together, the prayer ministers are here. I I had a word from the Lord. I shared it with the first service. I'm now going to share it with you. The word from the Lord was, 
I am greater than cancer. Whatever, 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 whatever you're facing, he is more than enough. So if you need prayer for something in your body, it may be cancer, it may be not. If you need prayer, the prayer ministers are here to anoint you with oil and to pray with you and for you. At the same time, if you are a friend and a follower of Christ, the communion tables are open on your left and on your right. And I invite you to celebrate the Holy Communion in just a minute. Just a few minutes, the worship team is going to lead us. If you're a guest with us, thank you so much for being here. I, I ask that you, if you could, slip into the VIP room just for a minute. We have some more gifts for you. There's a blue sign over the door right over there just before you go. And if we can answer, if we can answer any questions, we want to do that. But in a minute, the worship team is going to lead us. We're going to pray. We're going to praise. We're going to commune. Won't be any formal dismissal. But I just invite you to take this position of receiving because I want to pray blessing on your life as the worship team leads us. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would pour out on your sons and your daughters that we would see gifts of healing, that we will see working of miracles right here, right now, in this, your house. Thank you for the miracle of new life. I pray for the cup and for the bread as we celebrate together Holy Communion. And we pray in the name and the authority of the name of Jesus that you would pour your blessing on each and every one as we worship you here in this house. And as we go from this place, may we be changed knowing that we are the victors because you are with us. In the mighty, miraculous name of Jesus, amen. Come for prayer. Come for communion. Let's worship the Lord together.